<laughs> if only they could see what their progeny has wrought. The scion of House Rajani has done more damage to these feckless fools than the dangers of my keep. Not only did that drunken poor excuse for a smith cause the death of their cleric, but he died at the hand of the inheritor's paladin. A fitting end, laid low by the sword of a dead god's chambermaid. And to know it was all for naught, that the little fetchling truly did nothing wrong. That must lay so heavily upon this poor little paragon's mind. I didn't even have to raise a finger. And this pitiful band of buffoons has begun to tear itself apart. With the sorcerer off to protect his little salamander friends, they are unprotected by magic, without a healer, and blind to the terror that awaits them. Hey everybody, it's time to roll for intent. I'm your GM Trevor, and guys, it feels like there's a lot more room in here for some reason. It, it, it feels a lot cooler in this room, like it's not nearly as humid. Yeah, there's... Yeah. I can actually stretch out. I'd, I'd like... I generally like bodies around me, but I like the feeling of this. Yeah, but it's really <laughs> nice to, you know, when you can put your arm on the armrest next to you and there's not, like, another arm already there. <laughs> One of, like, four on that side of the body. I will say it's less warm. I feel less, like, like uh, body heat, you know? I'm colder as a human being. Just, like, just less less fetid. It feels like something's missing here. I feel like there's two things missing. Here. Do we have a season two cast change? What happened? Do we have, do we have seasons? We do now. <laughs> yeah, right. Sarah was asking me the other day because all of our stuff, I had originally called it seasons. So all the stuff that she records her intros from, it's like season one episode. And she's like, when are we going to have another season? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we thought we were gonna. And they just decided against it. Well, well now we are. <laughs> yeah, this is well, season we'll co- two. Yeah, this is. We just decided. <laughs> I like it. The impromptu season two. Change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we have our 200, 200th episode trivia night. We're going to be like, what? episode did we announce season two <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna address it the elephant in the room i guess um or lack thereof <laughs> that's not nice so, just joking i love you todd i love both of you if you're on our discord i announced several weeks ago from today so it probably would have been eight weeks before this episode goes out that uh Kashak, joe and toven todd were going to be leaving the show for lots of reasons Mostly because, you know, life is hard and this is a hobby and, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And we don't wish them any ill will and we're happy that we got to respect their characters as they left and have a little fun with it and hopefully spur some more character moments now that Solus just killed him in cold blood for no reason. <laughs> you know, that's going to be fun. Oof. Yeah. Solus is now the bad guy. Uh, I would like the audience to know that this was, that was something that Todd and Micah worked on together. <laughs> they did. Yeah. They, yep. they went as soon, like the day that Todd announced that he was going to leave, um, him and Micah reached out to me and like they said how they wanted it to end. They told me what they wanted the episode title to be. Everything. 
I think it's funnier if we just would have told them that it was impromptu, and that's why we cut the episode <laughs> off because Todd lost his fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are me off the show. We just yeah, right. He's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I, you know, so losing a character that's not impromptu is you know, definitely, definitely rough. And we we had our own little conversations here, but I know R- Raymond was going to mention something about helping some people first make their their very first characters. Yes, I know. Yeah, so that's what we were we were talking about the departing of characters, and then on the same, I was talking about that yesterday. And on that same note, a really good friend of mine, um, I made his first ever. Dungeons and Dragons character with him, and he's going to be starting playing D anD D. And um, I apologize for all the mental torment that he's going to be going through. <laughs> but no, you don't. And mostly right. on his wallet as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He already was like, I, we were talking about books, and he's like, "Well, I'll just pick all of them up." <laughs> like, nope. No, I'm not going to want to do that. <laughs> Go ahead and grab Bloody. that D anD D Beyond description or subscription yeah. while you're at it. Like, yeah, do you have like a third him. or fourth kidney you'd be willing to give away? <laughs> Games yeah, Workshop I, wants to know your friend's location. <laughs> you <laughs> know what? You say that. I bought my first Warhammer minis a couple weeks ago. Did you oh, buy Necrons? No. You are I looking a lot thinner. You, you are looking a lot thinner. Necrons. Like you're scratching your neck a little bit. Like I think I see <laughs> yeah, your exactly. in your veins. Uh, Citadel paints. I need more Citadel paints. <laughs> no, I don't paint them. Um, Sarah's the painter. I actually bought them so she could paint them, but I just like, the you know skeleton pharaoh boys so i love the necrons i love how he slipped that in there i only bought these for my wife that was my sole purpose honestly i would not have bought them and she's holding them up she's looking at them right now um i only bought them because she was down with it king is dope as fuck but that's besides the (laughs) pattern pattern is better just saying anyway but yeah, I don't I don't want yeah. to interrupt that. But you said, you know, selling kidneys and there's no better way to burn through money than uh, becoming enamored with something created by Games Workshop. I think on average to make a standard 2000 point Space Marine Army, it's around like six or seven hundred bucks for enough uh, units and paint is yep. what I because I was like, I really wanted to get into it after hearing a couple of different, you know, shows related to like the lore or tabletops related to uh, Warhammer. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. I want to get into this and see what it's like. Because I like rolling dice and little miniatures are cool. I Casual suck Chaos painting, is but... screaming right now, build a kill team! Build a kill team! <laughs> I'm sure, because like I was looking at uh, uh, um, Centurion Warriors for Space Marines. I was like, oh, these things are just dope from a lore standpoint. And they look cool. And uh, man, like, man, is that hobby expensive? So, it's like, it's, it's, it's multiplied by the fact, too, that I suck at painting. So I don't want to buy <laughs> something that costs so much money. Well, and the be like, starter Fuck. kit, the starter yeah. kit for it, like, has enough so you can play like a starter game between Ultramarines and Necrons. And it's like 60 bucks. It's not too bad. It's like 60 or $70. And it's got enough that you can, it's like a kill team for each side. And uh, it's got some some terrain and stuff in the base. You could get the elite box oh. that has even more stuff. But yeah, the whole big thing for the, I guess, ninth edition rules, their starter box is Ultramarines versus Necron. So there's a ton of stuff. You go into your local Games Workshop store, ask them how to get started. They will probably throw you at the starter box, which is Ultramarines and Necrons. So I, I never understood this about 40K. Is like the the assumption that both players are going to like come in with a full like decked out yes. army? Yes. Like they're not... There, it's each army has like each each unit and army has a point by. So there's okay. like 500 point armies, 1,000 point armies, 2,000 point armies. So if you're playing, you're going to play the same point value armies against each other. There's different tiers, right? But to answer your question, yes, the people literally show up to like Warhammer tournaments with tubs of miniatures. Don't you, Micah? 
Do you uh, not war game? I thought that was big in Europe. You just spent so much time in Germany. Uh, yeah, but that was also during the pandemic. Oh, yeah, right, you know, yeah. well, better oh, time to war game. Were you, were you going for like a different kind of war game? Was that like a what, what was that? What were you going for there, Jake? Come on, well, no, I'm just saying that war games and 40k in general, but war games are just more popular in Europe than they are here. That's I honestly how a lot of Americans okay. get started on playing 40k is doing tours of duty overseas. I did not know that. I I, I had no idea. Oh yeah, no, Maybe there not. is a large uh, fan base of uh, 40k people in America that is like military dudes that like just went overseas, played 40k and then came back and was like, oh, I'm going to buy a scat pack and some Necrons. I- ironically, that's how we have Dungeons and Dragons because TSR, Tactical System Rules, was contacted by a company to create a war game because that's what they did was Civil War war games. They were contacted by a European company because they wanted a Lord of the Rings style war game. And in their development phase, one night they were just staying up late and someone made the offhanded comment, you know, wouldn't this be cool if you could do this like on an individual character type level? And that's how D&D was eventually born. That's crazy. I did not know that. So, yeah, this is the kind of content you guys can expect going forward uh much more informative uh a lot less uh prolapsed rectums yeah i was just about to say there's so much less prolapsed yeah. rectum we haven't mentioned any you know what so far. the prolapsed rectums were the friends that we meant along the way let's just be real. <laughs> that is true that is true this is going to be your first episode without one i know oh, no, no it's, it's not too late, because we've it's said too late. It yeah times we already now. said it now I, it's not the same <laughs> i was gonna say not to frighten people but overall it is a relatively cheap hobby because you can pick up D&D, not, not Warhammer. I was going to say, are you smoking? No, no, no. Oh, I was no, talking D&D. about role-playing like D&D. <laughs> yes, your part about walking into a games workshop and they point you at the starter box that's after the credit application yes but the <laughs> but like yeah. you know what you what you guys cannot see at home is the bookshelf behind me filled yeah. with my my second edition third edition first edition pathfinder fourth edition D. Mm-hmm. i mean yes it's a, a very extensive collection however it was collected over you know 30 years so yeah. it, ultimately it, it's pretty easy to get into and accessible a few books to start with and pick up a few uh, book or two every month i think and, honestly yeah. if you wanted to buy every single two ebook on like nexus or something pathfinder nexus it's like 475 dollars or something like that which <sighs> is a lot of money but it's not a yeah. lot of money when that's literally everything yeah, right? yeah everything that, that exists if you bought it f- directly from paizo in just pdf <laughs> yeah yeah right. that so too. Be less than, yeah i mean all of my stuff is pdf so i i would love to you know but like i can't pick up a book and read it. I do so much traveling. I want to have the PDFs to read all the time. I don't want to have to drag all the books around with me. So Christian, you 30 years, you said you've been collecting that stuff for 30 years. Do you remember your very first D&D character that you ever made? I Can absolutely do. I, <laughs> my family moved to Northern California from Southern California uh, back in the early 90s. That was kind of the height of when the school shootings and gangs and things like that, where it was just really ugly. So my parents were like, we're done. We want to move north. So we moved to Northern California. Uh, I meet my best friend at the time, Paul. He went away for the summer. His dad had an RV and they traveled the country. Well, he came back and he's like, oh, my cousin, who was much older than him, showed him about Dungeons and Dragons. And he had the core book and everything. And he's like, this is really fun. We're going to start playing. I was like, okay, that's awesome. So you need to make a character. Now, this is second edition. And like, what do you want to play? Well, he said, oh, just start off as like a fighter. You'll enjoy it. It's really easy. So we rolled dice for our characters. No joke. 
First thing I roll three sixes off of 3d6. So at 18, and that's my strength. We're just creating down the list. He goes, oh, that's really good. That's that's the highest you can get. He said, well, actually, you do need to roll percentiles. This was back when there was percentile strength. We only had 1d10, so I rolled it, got a 10. I says, is that good? He goes, actually, (laughs) no, it's not good because you're probably going to get a really low strength. And so I, I I rolled it again and got another 10. And I was like, well, I guess that's better. He looks, he goes, no, that's actually the absolute best you can get. You have an 1800 strength. And he was he was mortified because he was new to DMing and now he had to deal with this fighter that was as strong as you could possibly be. And then the rest of my stats were absolute garbage, except for my charisma. I had like an 1800 strength, a 17 charisma. I think everything else was between eight and 12. I don't remember what the other stats Jeez. were. But. Sitting in the corner, eating paste, tripping over yeah. on shoelaces, <laughs> eating concrete. This is absolutely, so strong. Absolutely sick all the time because it's low con. Oh, yeah. Just. Oh, yeah, no, no, he was an absolute himbo with his 1,800 shakes. <laughs> that is a perfect distillation of Amazing. Himbo. Nice. Um, well, Ray, you asked the question. Raymond, you asked the question. Yeah. Uh, my, what was your first? My fr- I, big Lord of the Rings fan, have it tattooed on me. Um, and I love Legolas. So my first character was as close to Legolas as I could possibly make. I was, I was a noble wood elf. Nice. Um, yeah, noble wood elf, and I was a rogue. So super good with super good from afar. Um, I liked being stealthy. I, I had just right when I right when I was done playing, I had just come off of um, uh, Dishonored, the first Dishonored game. So I was like, fuck, yeah, this is, I'm going to be just like that, dude. That's who I'm going to be. I love that game. Right. It's so, so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Lord of the Rings, Dishonored. I'm going to make this hot, this noble wood elf uh, with a super high charisma. Um, so I was like super fucking, I was like super, um, like I was an asshole. I was like, like pompous and snobby and, and, uh, but I was really quick and, 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 uh, I hit all the time, just really good stealth. So that was my first character and it was easy because it was like, I had a bow and arrow that was about it. So yeah, next. <laughs> Come on. Well, um, yeah. So my, my first experience with D and D was, um, I want to say I was like 16 or 17. Um, you know, like two days ago, and uh, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was running a. I ran Minds of Fendelver, like the the D and D five E starter yeah, kit. Yeah, that's what uh, I played too. Jake was there, and I was our there. <laughs> and our two other best friends from high school were there. Uh, so I didn't actually make a character, but we had a great time, even though none of us really knew the rules at all. Um, it, it it's was very similar to today, yeah, actually. It, that is true. I, that is I true. do not remember the character names because they were pre gens. But I remember um, mine was a halfling rogue. That sounds that right. I do yeah. remember. I rem- yeah, I remember you wanted to do like a double backstab on two goblins at the same time. And like, I let you do it because like, I don't, I don't fucking know the rules. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we bought the box like earlier that day, you yeah. know, and it was yeah. for a land party. So we had spent like the last hour or two, like setting up computers and then going to get food and shit like that. And. Then we came back and Mike was like, all right, I'm going to read this book for 30 minutes. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, enough. Holy oh, shit. I think you only read it for like 30 minutes to an yeah. hour because yeah, it's just like, all right. right, so this is the adventure. This is how you do it. There's goblins in here. Figure the fuck out. So, and we never finished it either for what it's no. worth. No. We <laughs> really? played for about three hours and then just, you know, played it was, TF2 or we, whatever. We were bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, we were yeah. bad at playing make-believe good. Yeah, right. 
I'll never forget Lost Minds of Elder. It's like there's a horse with arrows in it, and we were playing with my friend's sister, and she goes, "I don't like this game." Because she, she didn't like dead horses, I guess. And I was like, "You, you could leave. It's gonna get much worse from here." <laughs> oh boy. Uh huh. Uh, what about you, Trevor? Um. So are we gonna like first one I played with, or first one I built? Because I built like twenty characters before I played a single one. Oh geez, pretty sure. I guess played then. The first one I played was in Jake's game. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I was so proud of this character. He was a druid. He was a Sahagin. He was way OP. I loved him. His name was Neville Wave Skipper. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was just the greatest guy ever. He had filed his teeth flat so he wouldn't scare people and just word people even worse. He had a negative four, uh, negative four charisma. It was just wonderful. <laughs> He loved but everyone. I, and I, everyone sh- I shouldn't have let him. you play a Sahagian, but I did anyway. You should. It have. was <laughs> so good. It was so fucking good. Uh, so, like, this was a one e skulls and shackles, uh, which we played <laughs> right before we started the podcast. Um, That's that was and, I, and I DM'd yeah. that one, and I did a bad job. I, I tried you did my well. best. I thought it was good. It, I think I it, it. it fell pr- uh, prey to like just book one of Skulls and Shackles. Just like, this is just you know a personal it's just critique. Not great. It does. It feels kind of weak because like there's you go on like an I don't you get Shanghai and then go on like hey, an everyone, eighteen day voyage for four sessions. Yeah, and then you have to like literally every there's like a minimal amount of downtime like because you're supposed to be watched all the time and there's like negative penalties for the players for like tried to fuck around. And if you get caught, it's real bad. So there's only so much you can do. And every day you have to like roll a D6 to be like, am I going to shovel shit or climb some ropes? I don't fucking know. Let's find out. Oh boy. I get to go kill bugs in the bilge pump, you know? And that's just, that's how that was for like the first three or four sessions. And then Trevor got kill hauled. It was oh, great. No, did not kill me. Right. So there's a part in it and spoilers now. So if you haven't played and you want to play skull and shackles, the spoilers for book one, but oh, yeah, somebody was in the pirate campaign. Somebody gets keel hauled. No, no, not this. <laughs> not this. Oh, no. They have you, to walk the plank. <laughs> Jake is like the, the, the captain or whoever it is like, all right, we're going to have a little fun. You, you need to fight this guy. And he brings out this barbarian that's mentally challenged. And the only thing he'd say is crabs. Right. I didn't and it's make this part of the story. That's in the book. And, <laughs> and that's the only thing he says. Jake does not like try to make this. I don't think he made it sound like it's a, it's a friendly encounter or anything. He's like, all right, this dude's coming at you. I'm like, all right, I'm going to claw, claw, bite. Because I had two claws attacks and a bite. And the first one I'm like, claw, crit. I get a natural 20. Just freaking wrecked him. And, uh, <laughs> and then I confirmed it. Right. So I had the confirmed crit and he was like, he didn't die. He didn't go down. And Jake didn't tell me that he had like what? One HP left or something. Of course and not. The, and then the next you? one, the next attack was another claw and I missed. And the third one, I'm like, I literally said, well, fuck it. Can't get any worse. And I rolled a die and got another natural 20 and confirmed him and bit the dude clean in half. He's supposed to be some guy that hangs out, I guess, for the first like two or three books. He becomes a friend or something. And I just wrecked him and I got keel hauled and ended up using a hero point to to live, which was fine. And then I got lucky crit in the next encounter after absolutely waylaying like seven of the dudes in the encounter. Somebody with a boarding pole. That's a hunter that has like, uh, oh yeah, they had Bane Aquatic Humanoid, Bane Aquatic Humanoid, which I was, 
and crit me and just took me down a, a three X crit with a, with a boarding hook or something. Yeah. Just it was a pull on. Yeah. After I had literally killed five or seven people in that combat already, that's just one dude with a boarding hook. I think it was probably the first hit I actually took. And I just yeah, got three crit and drop three X crit. Yeah. Drop. You got fucking murdered when uh, you guys <laughs> took the, uh, be very sad. I believe the, what was that boat's called? The man's promise or something man's like promise, that? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It was a raw that, that is actually, trading vessel. If you've listened to the entirety of an episode all the way through the end, you hear Sarah do our legal stuff at the end. The name of our company is Roman Neville Productions. And this guy's name was Neville Waveskipper. And he is one of the namesakes of Roman Neville Productions. Top character was Roman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then in a different game. <laughs> now, Trevor, because I'm your friend and you're going to be going to Gen Con, I just need to let you know that when someone asks you your first character and you say, oh, the, that I played, that's the nerd equivalent of saying, you know, to someone, oh, what was the first time you had sex? And you go, with someone? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what? I had built some awesome clerics and inquisitors before. Me and Jake <laughs> talked for hours before we played our first game about crazy stuff like builds. I'd made an Asmodian advocate cleric that was really badass and an inquisitor. We sat and talked for like an hour about, okay, so if we were going to make Pathfinder characters out of the Scooby-Doo gang, what would all their classes be? (laughs) (laughs) That was was a good time. It was a good way to kill the time. We should probably do that as like Patreon content or something. Just like build classes for, uh, for various pop culture things. That'd be fun. But... I don't even know how to segue that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else would be fun? <laughs> Playing yeah. this game. <laughs> if Solus hadn't just murdered Tobin in cold blood. <laughs> if you guys haven't picked up on it, our new fourth player is Christian. What? Using his hey, alchemist wait, as more. We didn't sign off on this. I'm just kidding. You didn't have to. I made the decision <laughs> when I still had more ownership than you. <laughs> fair enough fair enough this is bureaucracy at its finest wow yeah, right. it is. That's, this exactly. is a coup yep. <laughs> hey there podcast listeners it's your gm trevor here it's been a bit since i did one of these but i figured with 2023 coming to a close it's probably time whether you've been here since day one you binged our whole collection in a week, or if this is your first time you've downloaded an episode, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, it's been a while since I've asked y'all for anything, but it being Christmas and all, we do have one thing you could do for us that would mean the world. Take two minutes and jump into your podcast app of choice and leave us a review. Stars are fine. Words are amazing. That is the number one way for us to reach more people. If only 5% of you dropped a review on iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever, we would reach so many more people. If you haven't done so yet, drop on by the Discord, wolferintent.com slash Discord. Now, let's get back to the show. Last week was a sad week. Tovin got in a tiff with Carmen Rajani. Long story short... He moonbeamed some rando, dropped him, ran, and uh, the party came to try to figure out what the hell went was going on. Solus had a hunch as where Tovin ran to, so he ran, ran in after him. So party's down there, their their cleric and down their champion, and they're sitting there with a crispy body, trying to figure out what to do with him. They get him to the Dawnflower Library, and Vandy starts working on him. Up to this point, no healing has worked whatsoever. It's really crazy. 
Kashak wakes up to Krentak right there at his cubby saying, bro, I need your help. I need you to lead an expedition to figure out what the fuck's going on. Obviously, he accepts it's his family. He knows them more than he knows these guys that he's known for literally four in-game days at this point, right? Four, maybe five. Um, And he goes off and accepts the mission. Vandy's working. She grabs the entire cat, uh, the entire crew in, and they're like, hey, you got to see this, and pulls back a sheet, and this thing is not a dude. It is a faceless stalker. Tovin oh. roasted a faceless stalker. Solus finally catches up to Tovin at Hattie's, and he does what Tovin had asked him to do if he steps out of line again, which was to end him, and shoves a sword literally through the back of his head and kills him. And that is where we ended. Uh, I would like to say that I think I deserve an Academy Award for my performance last episode. So, you know, just I'll be accepting that on behalf of the crew. So, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Oh, well, thank, thank you. Oh, sorry, would, you don't yeah. have a side <laughs> card, so you're not eligible. <laughs> Are you union? Get the fuck out of here. I don't right. know. What, what, what is this? SAG. SAG. Screen Actors Guild. Okay. Yeah. I don't. Where's your SAG card? Come on, guys. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know we needed one for this. Raymond, you got one, right? Yes. Absolutely. See, knew it. Always. So. How do we? Yeah, I don't know how we. Yosef uh, Asmordrin, right? As Mordrin? As Mordrin, yes. As Mordrin. Okay, just making sure I'm saying it right. Um, we said goodbye to Kashak, and I guess we are still with Vandy, right? Correct. While she's explaining this faceless stalker business and to us. Solus is up in the north at Hattie at the Hattie Shack with Hattie and a um a fetchling corpse. I guess we should wait for him to return. Or or I like I got I look at Yosef and uh should we should we find Solus and let him know about the faceless stalker, or should we wait for him to come back? Do we even I know where he is? Yeah, I have no idea where he could have gone. He seems to have some idea where Tovin went, and I assume they'll be back at some point. So we'll get this all figured out. I uh, maybe we should go to the Rowdy Rockfish. I think is where we always meet, right? I'm honestly surprised we haven't been visited by the mayor yet. Yeah, yeah we haven't seen the mayor in a while, have we? <laughs> Mm-mm. He's also well, a faceless I, stalker. <laughs> I, I guess if nobody's needing me, I, I can head back to the hotel. If <laughs> I mean, our numbers are dwindling here, Asmordrin. We're going to need all the help we can get to figure all this shitty business out. So if you want to stick around with us, uh, we'd love to have you. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess, yes, if the, if the little lizard did have to depart, I mean, I'm not doing anything. So I, I'd be happy to help you out for a little bit. Perfect. Your shack can wait a couple more days to open. It's really not even a shack. It's kind of just a little stand, really, and it's not anything important. <laughs> Perfect. As if summoned by a casual reminder of his existence, the wow. mayor walks in the door <laughs> of the chapel. <laughs> oh, my God. Osef, I forgot you were a person. <laughs> Yosef, it seems that there's been some sort of tussle or snafu uh, anything that, that that you can report I imagine was it Carmen was involved with this again what, I'm going to hurt? I'm going to keep eye contact with him and wordlessly uh, reach up to the table and then pull the tarp down further from over the corpse of the faceless stalker he kind of jumps back a little bit you know he's like, oh, what's, 
What's this? I've not I've never seen anything like this before. What, what is this? Uh, this is a faceless stalker. What? Where did it come from? What? How did it get here? Uh, I don't know. I I don't know any of the particulars, but I was there during this incident, and I I, I do recall that as uh, Tovin and uh, Carmen were going at it, that this man approached, and there was something very weird with his face going on, and Tovin did his best to try to stop him, but faceless stalkers are very tricky, and there was a kerfuffle, and Tovin ran that way, and people were screaming, and we did our best to see what we could figure out, but yes, it was very confusing. Where is Tovin? What? what? We don't know. He took off after this altercation. Did he vanquish this beast, or what? It appears so. We do not have... I guess I don't have all of the details yet. It all just happened. Uh, Solus seems to have had an idea of where he went and ran fork after him to the north. How did no one see this? I, I honestly, I'd be very concerned because Garmin Rajani was t- trying to convince everyone Tovin was a murderer for destroying this horrible monster. So it really should call everything into question about Garmin Rajani. Regardless, I uh, it seems that there was some kind of uh, altercation behind the rowdy rockfish early this morning. How, how did this thing, this grotesque creature, hide in our town? Surely oh, they can must change shape. This. They can look like anything. <laughs> Wait, you, it's a shapeshifter? It is a shapeshifting oh, yeah. creature. It can assume any humanoid form. Well, it was. Not anymore. Y- Yosef and Billion could be one right now. You wouldn't even know. I swear I'm not. Yeah, Pinky swear. This is very worrisome indeed. Yet another thing to be concerned with if there's... It's very concerning because... Malevolent shapeshifters in and about the town? Well, there's usually more than one, so it's safe to assume there's probably more. Do we know if we can identify them in any way? If we can, I have no idea how to do it. I I know a way, but it's not super easy. But you could clear important people. Oh, oh but what, what way is that? I'm interested. Well... They are shapeshifters, and uh, shapeshifting magic is actually a little tricky. You cannot be benefiting from two different shapeshifting spells. So if you knew someone that could alter the shape of someone, the spell would fail if they were already a shapeshifter because they would not want to relinquish their original form. And he kind of looks over at Vandy. Vandy, is that something you can do? And the answer is no. Um, (laughs) Vandy... (laughs) That's not something that I was ever taught in the monastery or in any of my studies. It's not something I've needed to change a shape. It seems all so very deceitful. That's something I'm a fan of. Uh, I mean, otherwise we can, you can try to order a handful of scrolls from Absalom. Otherwise, uh, I, I have no ability to check and see, you know, if somebody is or is not a face of stalker, unless we were able to trap them in some kind of uh, falsehood. It's it's unfortunate the little lizard ran off because a simple enlarge spell would do it. Oof. Hey, Vandy, can you cast enlarge? No, unfortunately I cannot. It's not a spell that I know. <sighs> Perhaps it would be wise for you to send away for some scrolls in Absalom. 
Uh, was it as- Asmodrin? Oh, yes, yes, uh, that's you, me. You you said that uh, we could get some scrolls of enlarged person. Do we know of anybody in town that has the ability to cast such a spell from a scroll, even? Uh, I could probably make it work from a scroll or a wand or something, but I cannot do it myself. And, uh, Yosef Tur... Er, Osef turns to you and says, Well, I'll make it happen. I will go to a Galantine Deliveries today and place an order for about a half dozen scrolls of enlarge. We'll make sure that we get the uh, the heads of the main families, make sure people in positions of power have been checked. We don't really... And this includes myself. I'm not immune to this. You have no way of knowing if I'm not one of these things. But I will make sure that uh, I get what we need to be able to ascertain who's real and who's not. But until then... We do need to continue to determine what's going on in the gauntlet. Uh, as an aside, does anybody happen to know who this thing was impersonating? I think I asked that, didn't I? You did. It was Boric. He was the apprentice to the farrier <laughs> at Osef's estate. His name was Boric. Does that ring a bell? Wait, Boric? Mm-hmm. So my farrier's apprentice? He was so close to my family. wonder <sighs> How long is he? We don't know. That's worrisome, though, because if a faceless stalker is trying to get close to you, that means you might be in danger, Osef. If you're not a faceless stalker already. Kill him! Bork didn't have a family, so there's nothing to look for in that realm. But if he was replaced, where did the real Bork go? Well, we did find a body in the river. He was all bloated. Yeah, but I thought we confirmed that that was like a, a werewolf hunter or something based on the scars on his body. You're right, I remember that. Well, I don't yes, know. I, I do remember you finding that corpse. It was definitely not Boric. I would have recognized his face even with bloat. Well, as a secondary a task for you, if you do happen to find out any more information about these faceless stalkers, or maybe if they've been abducting members of the town and could find them, please, please share any information you know. Keep a weather eye out. Is this something that is good to keep under wraps, or should we let everybody know that something is afoot so the entire community can keep a look? No, I don't I don't want paranoia to be the order of the day. People will turn against each other at the drop of a hat over coin. Imagine if uh, they were told that their neighbor was possibly a literal monster. Petty disputes could become outright bloodshed. I don't want this getting out if we can avoid it. Uh, not to disagree with you, Mr. Mayor, but I disagree. This is kind of a point where you want everyone to be heightened and looking for anything that might be suspicious. It would make more faceless stalkers. It would make it very difficult for them to operate in the city. Mm-hmm. I understand your point of view, most definitely, as Mordrin. However, tensions are already high in the city. Giving people more excuses to be worried... Not a wise thing to do right now, unless we can confirm that there are more of these. I will remember what you said, though. Perhaps uh, I am wrong, but I hope I am not. I will keep it under advisement. I, I ask that you keep it to yourselves. I can't prevent you from talking about things, but I do believe it would be better for the town for us to... Uh, Confirm at the very least that nobody in a place of power is a faceless stalker before we notify the town that we may have a problem. And with that, he uh, 
he gives you all a, a little curt nod. He says, now I must be going to Galantine Deliveries and make that order for those scrolls maybe about a week before they return. But by the end of that time, we will be able to uh, use their magic to ascertain who is real and who is not. I bid you good day. Oh, Mr. Mayor, uh, could, could I recommend maybe doing shrink instead of enlarge that way? If something goes wrong, it's a super tiny faceless doctor, not a giant one. <laughs> that is a very good, very, very good point. I will make sure that we get shrink spells because that you, you, yes, that's a very good point. And he's like looking around like, the realization of what that would have meant to have a giant faceless stalker running around <laughs> <laughs> and like, Oh God, that would have been bad type thing. Just like the GM did in real life just now. Right? Like, <laughs> oh, oh well, yeah, no, that could be bad. <laughs> <laughs> While this oh, is all man. happening, our good friend, Solus, having just driven a sword through the back of Tobin's head is standing there with a bloody sword in front of the shrine to Grotus. And Hattie walks over to him and he's like, I know you did what you thought needed to be done, son. And you did what Tovin wanted you to do. It doesn't make it hurt any less, though, does it? It doesn't. I feel like I've failed two of my best friends today. <sighs> Sometimes the best path seems like failure in the moment, son. I see you by your tablet there, you are Adherent of the Inheritor, yes? I am, yes. Iomade chose her burden to bear after the fall of Aradin, to bring his standard to all corners of the world, to lead the, the Shining Crusade, to go up against the Whispering Tyrant himself. Maybe in this way you are following in her footsteps, son. While not as weighty, it's no less affectatious on your own soul to take such a great burden to take the life of one you trusted but for the greater good do not fret that you are out of the will of your deity son you are not you're doing exactly what you should be doing but it does not help your feelings about the matter one bit I just hope I can live up to him both Tovin and Mark. Now, um, I'm sorry, my thoughts are confused at the moment. D do you have a means of sending a message very quickly? No, I have my familiar, and he can make it to the town in a few minutes, but he can't really speak and deliver a message, so to speak. He could maybe take something tied to his leg, but I'd have to know who to bring it to, and he'd have to know who that is, where to find him. Sure. So, um, yes, I could. However, it's not quite as simple as it seems. Okay. Uh, did Does Tovin have anything, like, remarkable on his person? He has the doctor's bag, doesn't he? He has the, medi the, the medical kit. He has um, the shadow sash that Rin gave to him. Right. That was made from okay. his old clothes. Okay. Okay. Um, let me see. I cannot remember if there was anything else specific on his person. I think the shadow sash will do it. It's 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 light enough. The the bag might be a little bit heavy. Was he carrying the bag of holding? Who who was who took the bag of holding from a couple sessions ago? Do we remember? I thought Ray had it. No. I have the telescope. He does have a wand of heal as well. He does have a wand, yeah. 
at a silver religious symbol. You might want to take that. Take that. Yeah, I'll take that. So you're you're familiar? Would it be capable of carrying this this symbol? I believe it would. Why would you like it to take it? Bring it to. It, it would recognize uh, either Billiam or Yosef, wouldn't it? Sure, it did meet him. Met okay. them both. Uh, then take this to look at both the crow's casks and the rowdy rockfish. I have a feeling that they would be in one of those two places. If it's possible to tell them in, in some way or to have it conveyed to them that they are to follow it, that would be good. I would like for them to come here. It will be done. It will be done. And she waves her hand while gesticulating her fingers in a certain way. And a raven flies down and lights on her arm. And I'm imagining the holy symbol likely had a leather strap on it or something. Yep. Yep. And she ties it to the foot and uh, gets really close to its its beak and like whispers something quietly and then lifts her arm and off the raven flies. Solus, do you need time? Do you need to be alone? Or would you rather not be? I would rather not be right now. Just just a moment. And I'm going to uh, lean down and adjust Tovin to be in more like a dignified position. Like I assume he's kind of crumpled on, on the ground. Set him up against the monument and close his eyes if they're not already closed. Do you, do you have somewhere inside I could sit down? Come rest yourself, son. Come rest yourself. And uh, she walks towards the hut. And this is the first time you're going to get a chance to see inside of the Hattie Shack. Uh, and you walk in and it's very simple. It's a one room hut. You see a hearth. There's a bed, a very small table, a couple stools, a wardrobe and a cupboard. That's it. Nothing special. Unadorned. Um, you can see the cloak that she was wearing that had the unholy symbols of Nimbaloth. It's hanging by the door. But there's nothing else adorned in here. There's some hanging flowers and, and herbs, typically things you see from an herbalist that are hanging to dry and some mushrooms and such, but nothing remarkable. And she gestures to a simple stool near the table. So it's just help yourself do do whatever you need. Thank you. This this reminds me of my own quarters up at Last Wall. It's very similar to this. I've never felt any sort of real affectation to uh, the things really of the world. Knowing it's all going to end and preparing for that end to give you a certain appreciation of minimalism, you see. <laughs> I, I, I tend to agree. And you could talk for a while, right? And uh, we kind of fade out, fade to black, maybe pan up to the sky and you can see the raven making a beeline to the town. And it's only about a seven to ten miles. Probably about a half hour flight for the bird. Maybe a little bit less. A little bit more stopping to, to light on a tree every once in a while or take a drink. And it makes its way to the town. Approximately 45 minutes after you left the Dawnflower Library. Where are you guys right now? Where are the three of you? I'd mentioned going to the Rowdy Rockfish. I think that's where we meet in the mornings normally. Um, I mentioned that. I don't know if we said we were going to wait for Solace there. Yeah, I thought he'd told Brelda that we'd be back, so. All right, so you guys make it to the Rowdy Rockfish, and you're sitting there 
and uh, at the table. And Brelda, you, you ran out such a rush this morning. It's anything you'd like to eat, anything to drink. You know, I, you need a full stomach if you're going to be heading back to that gauntlet today. That's just the thing. I don't know if we are going to be going to the gauntlet today. I don't know what's going on yet. I, it, we're just going to be sitting here and waiting for Solus, I think. He ran off after Tovin to the north. Is everything all right? I don't know. I'm still not entirely sure what happened, but Carmen Rajani is trying to paint a picture of Tovin as being an aggressor of sorts. He fired off a moonbeam and hit some um, quote-unquote uh, helpless bystander that turned out to be a shape-shifting monster. So... Wait. Do I need to be worried, Yosef? Yes. Is there anything I should look for? Should I should I leave town? What, how do I protect myself? Will you be able to protect me? What? <sighs> like I said, I don't. Things are so know what's going now. on. Is uh, it's all kind of happening really fast this morning? So yeah, forgive me for not entirely knowing how to cope or handle the situation. But uh, you know, I'm not really good at lying. So uh, no, I I don't know how to detect these things. I don't know how to know if people are or are not one. And I don't know where Tovin and I don't know where Solus are. So I'm hoping that this will be at least half of this problem with two of my companions missing at the moment will be fixed within the next couple of hours. And if not, then we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Well... I'll make sure I make enough for when they do show up. And I need all of you to give me a perception check. Mm-mm-mm. 15 Ooh. plus 7 for a 22. I got a 23. Oh, shit. 28. Nice. Crushed it. You all hear something on a dormer window up the stairs. What? You hear a tap, 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 tap. On the window upstairs somewhere. Tap, 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 tap. Somebody's going to answer it, and Bill will get up and start walking upstairs. That's not a, there's not a door up there, but okay. <laughs> Hello, no one's home. No, this is Billiam. The door's downstairs. <laughs> no, this is Patrick. The door's down. Bill's mad. He's like, the door's downstairs. Why are you trying it's- to come in the window? Is this the and Rowdy you, Rockfish? And you get to uh, you get to the door and um, or the the window, and you see a raven pecking on the window. Oh, I read the poem about this. Fuck that! <laughs> yeah, birds are not allowed inside. This is just, I'm just kidding. With one of my junk bombs, Muckwort <laughs> loves those things. <laughs> yeah, it's food. And you see something is tied around its ankle. There's a glint of silver. Oh shit, something shiny. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm torn. Well. And it's more insistent when it sees Yosef. Alright, I'll, I'll walk up and I open the window. This is you a big Ravens are so much bigger than I think they are. Yeah, farm. it's like half your size. It's They're huge. <laughs> is this the size he, of a small dog? He says, Quoth the Raven, have you heard about our Lord and Savior Grotus? Um... <laughs> He flaps its wings and kind of flutters over to you and 
He gets as close as he possibly can while lighting on something that's not you and holds out the claw that has this silver token hanging from it. And like kind of pushing it towards you insistently. And I'll take it. I feel like I've seen this before. Do I recognize this item? You recognize this as a holy symbol of the cosmic caravan. That's the thing. Yosef, isn't this the thing that Tovin used to hold? This is his holy symbol. Yeah. Why wouldn't he have it? This bird must have killed Tovin. Kill him! (laughs) (laughs) We kicked the shit out of this raven. Yeah, we fucked this raven up now. Um, Uh, Okay. Uh, Why wouldn't Tovin have it? Where is this? I feel like I've seen this bird before. As you say that, the bird kind of flutters down to the ground. And... It looks really intently at the floor. And it looks like it's focusing really hard on the floor. And it goes closer and closer looking at the spot on the floor. And it touches its beak very lightly. And as if lit a flame, the floor starts to radiate this red hot heat. And it burns a mark into the floor about three, four feet wide. The fuck? Devil and I bird. need a religion check. I think I have religion. Oh, I don't think I don't goodness. have religion. I do not have religion. I have a minus one. Oh, I rolled a four for like, I think an 11. Let me double Ooh, check. I rolled a nine for a nine. I rolled a 16 <laughs> for a 15. <laughs> okay, so Billiam. <laughs> with your minus one to religion. Yeah. <laughs> with still the best roll and high enough to recognize this as the holy symbol of Grotus. I'm, I'm like... Cut. Well, you weren't here. I pointed as Mordrin, so this isn't going to make any sense to you. But remember the lady that Kashak knew, and she had that cloak that nobody liked. I don't remember a lot of it because everybody was really mad, but I remember seeing this picture. I don't know if it was on her cloak or near her house or something, but that's Hattie. where I've seen it. The, the, yeah. the forest switch to the north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And when you say Hattie, the thing kind of squawks. You know, it's little raven does and like flaps its wings and hops around excitedly. It, that was much better than I thought you would do, Trevor. Good job. <laughs> Your bird squad. <laughs> Thank you. I've been practicing. Me and Mike have been talking. It's better than I could do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're really nailing your warble. Thank you. As soon as it does that, I'm going to look up at Billy and be like, Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, okay. Uh, it, 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 thank you, uh, bird. Uh, uh, go, shoo. Um, <laughs> Billy, we have to go. I pet the bird with a heavy hand. I'm like, get out of here. And I no, don't usher it towards it. the window. <laughs> <laughs> we had Lennying last episode. We don't need this episode. Yeah, right, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've shared with a cast, but the name of the previous episode was Of Dice and Men. Yeah. So yep. it's perfect. Yep. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> that, yeah. Excellent. That's awesome. I'm so happy I can take credit for that. <laughs> Well, what's what's wrong, Yosef? Why why are you so upset about this? We have to go. We have to go right now. We'll explain on the way, Asmorgen. Can you walk really fast and maybe run? Um, I, <laughs> yes. Okay, let's go. Billiam's like, do your legs work? It's kind of a hobbled, and I don't, I don't like I don't, to. But. I'm still confused about what this guy is. So Billiam is going to be very questionative for a You're while. Really into with his him. tummy mouth, though. Yep, I'm going to ask you questions about about most of your body. So bring <laughs> it on. Yeah. So we, we got to go. Come on. And yeah, Bill will dump, 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 dump down the stairs. 
Brother, just got some interesting news. We have to go suddenly. I'll be back later. Probably nothing. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for the food. I child chug my orange juice that I asked for. I didn't ask for it, but whatever. And we leave. Now, I just... Get- can I ask a question? You guys are always going back and forth through the gauntlets and dragging stuff. Why don't you have a wagon and some horses or something? You know, I'd get the fuck out of here with all of your reason. <laughs> you're, I've noticed. I've been picking things up as more. You're a smart guy. You are not going to fit in well with me. Okay? <laughs> oh, no, William. Don't you worry. I think we're going to get along just fine. I'll have you know I have a... What's my intelligence? Sorry. Double check. 14. Yeah, the Six, same as Billiams. 14, no, exactly. 12. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's the highest int in the party anymore. It's Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Morgan's got a 16 and one more level oh, of okay. 18. <laughs> Thank God. Um, well, we are scared of the horses dying because a lot of bad things happen in the gauntlet and, and we always don't want more things dying. So it's that's why we don't take horses. Also, there's lots of bad guys and if we had a wagon with things in it, it would get stolen. There's constantly new and uh, previously unthinkable uh, just circumstances that seem to erupt at random from the gauntlet in and of itself. And I already don't like horses, so it'd be a shame I to spend a bunch I of money on horses. Stupid yeah. things. They taste good. My grandfather always taught me you walking is always the best way to get somewhere. You know what? That sounds right. That sounds like that fits. Yep. So where is this, this hattie shaft? She's to the north in 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 the forest north of uh, the, the Gauntlet. Uh, I can't remember what its name. All of a sudden, the Immenwood. Immenwood. The Immenwood. She lives in the Immenwood north of town, uh, several miles. We were just there uh, not too long ago. I guess my question is, why would Tovin go to run to her? Why did he go there? Well, clearly he just needed somewhere to lay low for a minute and he sent the symbol so you would know he's there with Hattie. Nothing to worry about. True. Yeah, I imagine Very he true. was probably fearing some kind of retribution from the town, knowing that Carmen was immediately going to start smearing his name. And he was right. Mm-hmm. It was credit. I'm out of shape. <laughs> yeah, just panting. This would be much better if we had a cart or something. <laughs> oh my god, you pay for the horses then. Yeah, how much gold do you have? Who are, who are you coming in telling us how to adventure? <laughs> who put you on the planet? I'm just saying, the town seems to be dependent on you for their very lives. You think they could donate a horse and a cart? The town doesn't seem to like us very much. Every time we tell them something, they never listen. No, 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 Billy, wait a minute, he's got a point. <laughs> we can just strong on the town into giving us stuff. True, uh, true. This is how organized crime starts. <laughs> I get it now. You're a bad influence on us at Mordrin. I do want to tell you guys, in the spirit of friendship, I, I easily can make a potion that will allow us to detect the faceless stalker. But I didn't want the town to know that because it's going to be day and night. Can you make this for us? We need 18 of these. We need 20 of these. We need 100 of these. So if you need something, you let me know. But otherwise, don't tell anyone. Wouldn't that be a lot of money for you, though? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. A simple juggernaut mutagen. It'll either take an effect or it won't. And if it doesn't, it's a faceless stalker. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that is a question I have for you as Mordred. It's going to be a confusing question for you, but this is the only one my brain makes sense. Is What can you do? You, I don't know anything about <laughs> apothecary stuff. 
Oh, right? so, that's what you do. <laughs> let me tell you, oh, I can make so many things. I make fire bombs and acid oh. bombs and blight bombs and shrapnel bombs and frost bombs and bottled lightning. I can make things slow. I can make them oh. frightened. I can I can make this so they don't even know what's going on and it's super easy. You just throw the bomb. That's it. It's you could even you could do it, Billiam. I could give you a bomb, you could test it on something. I've tried throwing things thing. before. It did not work out very well. Tovin was very upset. I I am imagining Bubba talking about shrimp force gump <laughs> as he describes all these things. And he's like, yep. that's about all there is to know about alchemy. Alchemy, that's what it is. I've got okay. the, like I said, the mutagen, the the juggernaut mutagen be great for you. It gives you some extra life before you head into a fight. So you could Well, barbarians sometimes they get that on their own, so maybe mm-hmm. we've spaced those out not right away, but there's Can fire you- bombs. Cluster bombs. <laughs> You're telling me you don't Cold have bombs. no lit liggers? No. Scream <laughs> memes? <laughs> and You're I, telling I me you ain't got no juggernaut <laughs> mutagen? <laughs> I do know enough about magic that I can activate some items, scrolls, wands, but I cannot cast the spells myself. But primarily, okay. I am really good at the occult and maybe some arcane. Not so great with nature, and I don't know anything about the divine. Gods are not my thing. I'm right there with you, buddy. That's Solus's thing. Solus and Tovin, they know what they're talking about when it talks to all that. Excellent. I'm so glad he's a part of the team. It would be really unfortunate if if something were to happen to him. (laughs) Also, he can heal us with his hands. Can you do anything like that? Because Tovin normally... I go, oh. Tovin's fine. I think Tovin's going to be I, fine. I know nothing about what's happening. (laughs) I I can make it. I can make an elixir to heal you. It's, It's easy. Okay. I've got some tools, too, if you need me to, like, cut into you. That's fun. I'm used to it at this point. Tovin is likes likes cutting into me a lot. Oh yes, you do need any spare parts or something? We could we could work on that. Could you add parts to me? Would you like one of these? And he gestures to the, the mouth in his abdomen. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you can do that? No, I don't really. want one, but you can do that. No, I can't. <laughs> well, I was about to say, I can break things. You can do lots cool more stuff than I can, but I can break things. Well, there are lots of things that need broken, so don't sell yourself short. And I'm real strong. <laughs> Bill flexes at him. <laughs> you could use a little weight gainer if I'm being honest with you, though. I could probably... I should make you some shakes in the morning. <laughs> yeah, could you make me some fat, some fat, like, things to make me bigger? Because I'm very... <laughs> We've been feeding him well for what it's worth. You should have seen me 15... Days ago, I think that's about all we've been doing this for. <laughs> Billiam's just been ingesting what amounts to just straight mass gainer. That's why he's gaining <laughs> he's so much eating, weight so quickly. He's just eating a cake mix mixed with milk. <laughs> yep. Fritos and protein shakes. That's all. Hell I yeah, eat. brother. Uh huh. It's all you need. As you start getting closer, like you're making your way into the Emin Wood, you notice something uh, maybe about 50 feet away. There's like a little glint. Uh, the sun's reflecting off of it. Can I get a perception check out of you? No. Mm, 11 for a 18. I rolled a 6 for a 17. No, sorry, I rolled wait. a 3 for a 9. That is not correct. Yosef and Billiam recognize this as a piece of armor and not just any piece of armor. You recognize this as a piece of Solus's armor. It's a pauldron, a left pauldron specifically. (gasps) And you see a little bit farther forward 
the matching right pauldron. And, and you can see these little glints off into the distance, kind of shining out of the underbrush. Little bits and pieces of armor, as you recognize as belonging to Solus. Why is Solus naked, Yosef? We're either about to find something really awful or a naked angel. <laughs> I'm going to start. I'll, I'll start picking up the pieces as we go along. <laughs> I must confess, I'm not sure which one to root for. (laughs) (laughs) Also, is that mouth in your chest like a storage compartment by chance? Uh, No, but it does puke up some really awesome bile that I can put in a bomb and throw at people. It's great. Also, if you're invited to dinner and they serve something that doesn't taste very good, there's no taste buds down there. You just kind of shove it in and bye-bye. Maybe I do want one of these. <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> you basically have like a fantasy stoma. <laughs> fantasy stoma? <laughs> You've replaced prolapse rectums with yeah. fantasy stoma. <laughs> season, <laughs> season two, with bitches. Season. Here we go. Yeah. Buckle up. Fantastic orifices and where to find them. That's the name of the episode, guys. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. <laughs> oh my god! god uh, yeah, Billiam so will good. start picking up the uh, picking up all of the armor pieces that are being dropped and scattered around. And you could you do this over the next half mile, roughly, picking mm-hmm. up pieces of armor uh, until the last piece that you find is Ricky, the shield, laying on the ground. This is not. This is a good sign, actually, because that means he's not currently fighting anyone, or he was eaten. There's not any blood on any of this, though. True. That's a good sign. So he just took this off as he ran? Maybe to get or there faster. Or he was captured by a faceless stalker that sucked out all his blood and couldn't get to him through the armor. I mean, don't rule out the bad things. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> That's what has Mordred's here, just to bring up, the, to bring up morale. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a real Debbie Downer, as Mordred. It's possible somebody just liquefied him and poured him out of his boot. Who knows? (laughs) He might have just gotten eaten by a giant spider. You don't know. Yeah. Munch Munch has grown. Um, (laughs) Munch Munch is back and he's fucking pissed. (laughs) I'm hoping Munch Munch comes back at like the last book. He's like a challenge rating nine or ten. Seriously. I want him to be like the, 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 the... Chekhov's gun that helps us kill, you know, whatever Belcora monster is at <laughs> yeah, the end. Yeah, exactly. It's like go on versus final or uh, like all, like super perfect cell, mm-hmm. and then like Munch Munch's Vegeta just drops from the ceiling, <laughs> lands on her face. <laughs> yep, perfect. Oh, when all hope is lost. <laughs> so you don't get any more bits of armor. The final mile uh, or so to Hattie's is unremarkable. You've walked for three-ish hours at this point, and you make your way to the clearing around Hattie's. And you don't see her outside, but you do see a little bit of smoke coming up through the chimney. And from your vantage point, you cannot see the uh, shrine to Grotus on the far side in the clearing past her shack. What do you do? You're at her fence line made of just kind of sticks driven into the ground. Billy would just run in. He wouldn't. I mean, he would just go towards the shack where the smoke is billowing out. Because I think Solus is, I think Tovin at least is in there. 
And if I haven't found anything from Solus, I think we would be calling for him too as we approach yeah. the shack. Yeah, I agree. We'll make it happen. Solus. <laughs> yeah, I'd be calling for Solus. I'd, 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 I'd for sure be calling for Solus because I'm carrying Solus. I have your stuff. We're, it's heavy. Come and get it. Can Solus hear him? Give me a perception. Sure. Take it at a minus two. All right. It's a 13. Five for a 13. You can hear something, but you can't tell. You hear yelling, but you can't tell what it is. Kind of muffled. Okay. You better so not I'm, be naked. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing like uh, the, the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm closing. Yeah. I'm closing like, my eyes, Solus. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm guessing like the uh, the smoke billowing out of the uh, the chimney. Um, had he made some like stew or something for uh, for Solus or whatever? Awfully um, presumptuous. So, wow. Yeah, I mean he was running naked, so <laughs> yeah. it's for afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're at the hut. Okay, H- Hattie, I I can hear something outside. Could you please go check on it? Yeah, no problem at all, Solus. I'll be right back. Billion kicks in the door before she can get yeah, to it. Right? And it hits her. She flies across the room into the harsh <laughs> sets on like, fire. Oh my fucking nose! <laughs> I like that. I like that. Micah's ordering around Hattie in her own house. <laughs> She's just like <laughs> he's going through some shit yeah, right now. Right? He has a lot of really traditional values. He doesn't really see women as people. Unfortunately, yeah, right? it's a major hang up. He has spoken to three women in his entire life, and like he he doesn't really know what to do with it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Solus is literally an incel. I think so. <laughs> he is. And uh, Hattie opens the door just as you're about to arrive. Like, ah, oh, Billiam, Yosef, whatever the hell you are. Ah, oh. <laughs> I, I am as modern. Ah, yes, as modern. I mean, a bit taken aback by your by your tummy teeth, honestly. That's uh, a bit rude. I mean, don't talk you know about what? your face. I, that's fine. My face has seen better days as well, Billiam. I just that was his personal appearance. You just attacked. Also, is there a half-naked angel anywhere nearby? I mean, he's Sorry. no angel, but uh, he's not half-naked either. Just Solus, your friends are here. Also, we're looking for an albino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the order is Tovin. Uh, uh, your bird showed up at, at my home with his, his holy symbol. Where is he? Uh, Where's Solus? Best let Solus explain exactly what's happened. Solus. What do you mean? What's yeah? What's Solus. happened? I'm, I'm coming. Uh, I'm coming. I'm coming. And uh, he <laughs> <laughs> three times. <laughs> that was for you, Todd. Yeah, that was for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. Solus gets up, kind of roughly, a little bit frustrated. Um, you can hear the uh, the chair scrape against the floor as he stands up, and uh, he walks up to the door. I'm guessing he's kind of like towers a bit over uh, over Hattie. Looking yeah, at them. she's about yeah. Yeah. five foot four, five foot yeah. three, something yeah. like that. About your height. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, fuck! Just absolutely ruthless. <sighs> I think in, in lieu of an explanation, I, I should invite you all to go to the, the shrine around the corner. And uh, he steps out, and Solus is just uh, wearing his uh, like linen undershirt, his, uh, uh, his greaves. So all of his upper armor he threw down. 
but he mm. still has a sword in his sheath. What do you want me to do with all this, Solus? Uh, thank, oh, thank you for retrieving that. Uh, if it just set that on the table, I will, I will return for it. That can wait. Okay. Sorry, Hattie. I'm just going to clutter your fucking house up real quick and place it all on the table and follow Solus. And uh, yeah, he leads them down to the uh, the sanctuary and um, walks up to the the body of Tovin, which you will see presently. Absolutely, you will see it laying in the green grass, his uh, bloody white skin, the sword hole in the back of his head, pushing through his cheek. You look so peaceful. <laughs> so, you... You all remember that 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 last event in the in in the in the the church when Tovin attempted to strike down Carmen Rajani and was stopped from doing so by by Vandy Banderdash. I, I was very hard on him, and he then told me afterwards privately that if he should ever act out again and potentially bring ruin down upon us or the town that I should bring his life to an end as a means of retribution. Um, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but the town is currently looking at him as a hero. The, the man he hit and killed was a faceless stalker. I should have delivered that with more tact. I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, that was, that was, that, I wish that was you a could young man. See what I'm seeing right now, no, my that, kid deserves an Oscar. Yeah, he does. <laughs> that was that was he, it was a young man. His name was Bork. He was the 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 the, the, the fairy's apprentice, wasn't he? He was maybe at one point, but if the mm-hmm. stalker had assumed his identity, or assuming, scarily enough, as an attempt to probably try to get close to Osif. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Tovin knew that. So I don't think Carmen did either. He just happened mm-hmm. to be there. Carmen's still going to spin this as Tovin being the bad guy, though. He's already trying. Mm-hmm. So this was for nothing? I didn't... So I didn't have to... I wouldn't have to do this? I wouldn't say it was for nothing. Regardless, Tovin still used lethal force against somebody in town. And unless he was defending himself, which I find unlikely. If I had known, if I had known before, that, well, I can't do anything about that now. It doesn't matter. But at least the townspeople know that he he killed a faceless stalker. He, he's a hero. He could be buried as a hero, can't he? The town doesn't know yet, Solus, but they will. And when they find out, we'll go take Tobin back. Osif doesn't want us to cause panic amongst everybody in town, letting them know that there are faceless stalkers trying to integrate into our society. As Mordor and I disagreed, but we're not mere. So, But then they won't know. They will think he died a murderer. I think once we figure out what's going on with the gauntlet and we bring the town back to peace, we'll be able to explain everything. But what if we fail? And that will be all that is left of Tovin. Then we can't fail for Tovin's sake. Failure isn't an option now. We have to finish what we started. If not, 
to clear the gauntlet at a bare minimum to unsully the name of somebody we trusted and cared for deeply. One of our friends. This wasn't for nothing. Bell's gonna hug Solus. Oh, uh, you, William, you don't have to, you don't have to. And he's going to like do like a light a light pack pat on his back. <laughs> I've never felt your skin before. It's always in your armor. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! It's like a baby. You bring me closer to God. <laughs> also, now might be a bad time to mention that Kashak had to leave. What? Yeah. Um, yeah. What are you talking about? What? That doesn't um, even make sense. Uh, well, um, while this was happening in a, a, a strange and serendipitous turn of events, um, uh, Keshek was uh, called away on duty to deal with more of those weird things that were attached to his kin when we went up to the cave not too far from here. Apparently they were causing more problems for the cobalt colonies underground farther to the north. And since he already has some experience with them, they asked him to go deal with it. He said he should only be gone for a couple of weeks, but that means in the meantime... We're, we're down to we're, three. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe four? And I point at Muckwort. Is Muckwort near you? Oh yeah, he he's on yeah, me. Okay. He's always hanging May- on me. I look at his words like, maybe four? I, does he do anything? Uh, sometimes <laughs> I like how you're not considering as more you're considering Muckworth <laughs> yeah. four, four maybe five. Oh, maybe five Bill can't count <laughs> yeah yeah about that does he often kill the party members because I might rethink this <laughs> I I have not made a habit of it thus far but I, I suppose I have killed one no I, I'm happy to help you guys out clearing out the gauntlet there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff down there Mm-hmm. As far as I know, as Mordrand is able to do some kind of healing, and let us be brutally honest with each other, if it wasn't for Tovin, we would have died several times over by now. Mm-hmm. So we need all the help we can get. That's true. That is true. And now that we also do not have Kashik anymore, we'll we'll have lost a great deal of our offensive capabilities. We'll have to adjust our tactics. Mm-hmm. We don't got a lot of range. We do not. We when it rains, do not. it pours, doesn't it, friends? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. Bill literally looks in this guy because he's a little confused. He's like, <laughs> "Yeah, uh huh." But for the time being, what is to be done with his body? I suppose mm-hmm. if nobody else has any idea of what a burial rite would be for a Kaihel or follower of the Cosmic Caravan, I can do my best to interpret him the way I do. Bury him, say a prayer. We could ask Rin. We could ask Rin. That's a good point. She would probably know. She was closest to him. Oh, God, she doesn't know. Mm-mm. I think it best if we just handle this here and now between us. If she wants to come out and give him the burial that he's supposed to have, she can do so. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to really bury him anywhere else, doesn't it? He stayed no. in a different place yeah. every night. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm not going to bury him in a different place. Someplace random and crazy and meaningless it would be perfect for him. Well, it's a good thing I brought my shovel. You know, it is uh, perfect for him to be buried 
in a place of power, one of the caravan's deities, one that he felt so close to in his end. You know, he came here because he knew you were coming, Solus. He came here because he knew that end was upon him, that he brought it upon himself, but he accepted it with grace. And I think you would do him a great honor to bury him in the shadow of the shrine. Very well, then do that we shall. And we do. We'll mm-hmm. dig a hole and chuck his know. body in there. Yeah, yeah, just unceremoniously, like yeah. I'll just kind of like kick it over and roll it into the hole, like a tootsie roll. Yeah, at first we find the the grave's a little too short, so we have to cut off his head, so that way the whole body fits <laughs> in. <laughs> I have to use the bathroom halfway through it instead of digging another hole and just shit in the grave. <laughs> God, yeah. He would have wanted to be tried to sew him back together, so Bill will attempt to sew him back together after cutting his head off. <laughs> should, I, should, his I, chest. should I stab him again with that? <laughs> stop it, stop it. He's already dead. As this is all happening, I imagine as Mordrin's not so much with a sho- not too good with a shovel. Not um, overly. Hattie comes and he, she puts her hand on your shoulder. I don't know you, but you seem to have taken a shine to these men. Very quickly, I may add. And I hope you do not mean them ill, but I do not believe you that you do. But I'd like to give you something. Now put out your hand. Close your eyes. <laughs> he holds out his lower, smaller hand. <laughs> <laughs> My strong hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that outstretched hand, it's kind of... It's small, right? So, like, yeah. not only the arm is small, but the hands are small. And she kind of looks at it quizzically. She's like, I should have expected this. And she takes something out of her cloak pocket on the inside, and it looks like a strand of amber beads. She drapes it over the hand. You know, I've been practicing alchemy almost my whole life. I mean... I'm a witch, but my mother was an herbalist and she taught me everything she knew. But I've only been making things for myself. I've really been helping, but I think you could do good with this. And she hands you this string of beads that should help you every day with your preparations, as you will. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. You want to go ahead and do a, um, maybe an arcana on it? Or no, do a crafting uh, check on that sucker. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually have, um, crafting appraisal, so. Yeah, do that. Ooh, nat 20, 31. Perfect. Ooh. You recognize this immediately. You're not sure what it's called, but you can tell its function. It will allow you one additional set of reagents every day usable for quick alchemy only. Nice. Kind of treating this thing like a pseudo boro bead. Everybody else has a relic. Now you do. Cool. Ooh. Welcome to the club. Mm-hmm. Woo woo. Uh, you said you were a witch. Uh, well, what tradition do you follow? My patron is, is Grotus. Represents the night. On all of our souls. So I guess you could say that my tradition is of the night. Occult magic, primarily. You? 
Oh, I'm just a humble alchemist, but I do dabble in a little bit of playing around with the magic items and things. It's fun. I, I enjoy it. It can be fun if you're careful to do the right things with it. Don't blow yourself up. Imagine you know that rule. You seem to still have all your digits, as many as you do have. And as you, uh, the shoveling continues, it's it's getting pretty late in the day now, right? Because it was an hour and a half run for Solus to get out there. It took you guys three-ish plus hours to get out there. After everything that had already happened, it's probably early afternoon when you start digging. You know, digging a six-foot grave takes a while, guys. So y'all are there pretty late into the late into the evening. And as dusk is approaching, Hattie comes like, y'all welcome to stay in my shack tonight. I wouldn't recommend you make your way back to town. We aren't the fog fan, but the Immonwood has dangers of its own. I I think we would all appreciate your hospitality tonight. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Um Cod Brother is going to fucking have a stroke. Could you send that raven to my wife? Because she will freak out. I'm, I'm spending the night at another woman's hut. With five. <laughs> she will not be okay with this. With three you other just, guys. With, I'll write a note and just if you could send that raven, she would be much appreciated. Honey, I'm on a work trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a work it's retreat. an overnight retreat, okay? <laughs> As you put the last bit of dirt on Tovin's grave... I imagine Solus would want to say a few words for him as he did for those kobold that he was able to bury that he had no connection to, but he had such a beautiful speech obviously prepared for them. But I'm sure he has one now, multiple pages long, <laughs> that he's been sitting on for the past week. Yeah, where's Tovin's eulogy, Micah? Just yeah. post it out. Uh, <clears throat> Tovin, the eternal traveler, may your path bring you from this... The, the, from this veil of suffering into the great beyond. May you see everything that the planes have to offer and maybe someday in some other realm in some other world we will meet again. And you finish that just as the moon rises above the horizon. It's a full moon. Almost like Grotus is staring down on Tobin's grave himself. Hattie says... That was beautiful, but y'all really best be getting inside. I don't even like to stay in the dark out here, especially not in recent days. And as she says that, and she begins to usher you back to the hut, off in the distance, you hear a wolf howl. And we'll see you next week. You motherfucker. <laughs> Are you telling me like 50 plus episodes later this is finally paying off? I know, right? The fucking werewolves. He here. just wanted to get rid of the moonbeam before he introduced the werewolves. <laughs> it's, right. Oh my god, yeah, you the silver dance. Roll for Intent uses trademarks and our copyrights owned by Paizo Inc used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Roll for Intent is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Original characters and storylines are the property of Roman Neville Productions. Music for this podcast was provided by Michael Gelfi. 
Flip Melvin, and Tabletop Audio. Visit our website at rollforintent.com. Any questions or suggestions, email us at mailroom at rollforintent.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>